I'll get in trouble for this, I'm certain, but... And welcome back to another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast. We are back with episode 23. Got a great episode in store for you guys. Going to cover the top 100 players in college football as rated by ESPN. Getting excited, college football right around the corner, but we still got a little bit of a preview to do. Week zero up next. It's AJ. I'm here with my brother Tyler, like usual. What's going on, man? We live, baby. Let's go. Uh, it's, it's an exciting one. The college football top 100 rated by ESPN. We're going to review it. We're going to go through some of the notable names in the top 100. And uh, it should be a good one. A lot of very interesting names. Some names that maybe should be on there that aren't. And uh, we'll touch on all of it for you. Yeah, a lot of these names, you know, we're not going to just sit here and list off 100 players, but a lot of these names are names that you are going to know if you don't already know by the end of the college football season. So we want to touch on those um, in this episode and give you guys something to get excited about before the season gets here. So before we do that, though, guys, just want to remind you, if you would, please go and give us a follow on social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Saturday6Pod. We would appreciate that. Also, thank you for listening. If you could just share the show with somebody, we would appreciate that as well. Make sure you give us a rating. Um, go ahead and turn on those notifications on those podcast platforms. We would appreciate that as well. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the top 100 players in college football this upcoming season. And I want to start at the back and kind of work our way up, build some suspense throughout the podcast. I want to start with number 100. It's a guy that uh, you may not know his name, but you definitely know his dad's name. I'm talking about Frank Gore Jr., the running back from Southern Miss. He is a junior this year. Um, he is obviously the son of future Hall of Fame running back Frank Gore, long career in the NFL. And Frank Gore Jr. had a great season for Southern Miss last year, had nine touchdowns. But as you kind of move up this list at 99, Michael Pratt, the quarterback from Tulane, we touched on him in a previous episode already this season. He's set up for a stellar senior year after leading Tulane to an AAC championship and a win over USC in that New Year's Six Bowl game. You kind of continue up through the 90s. There's a couple of other uh, interesting names. One that I wanted to throw at you, Spencer Rattler, the quarterback for the South Carolina Gamecocks, comes in at number 93. He's a senior this year. We've seen a lot of good things from Spencer Rattler, some things that maybe think make you think that he might can move up that list throughout this year. But we've also seen some shaky things, like last year, 18 touchdowns, but 12 interceptions. What do you think about Sp Spencer Rattler at number 93? I think that another year in this Carolina system is going to be very good for him. We saw some electric sparks out of him. I mean, South Carolina beat Clemson. South Car Spencer Rattler had the time of his life playing Tennessee last year, which yeah. was a very good Tennessee team, albeit they didn't have Hendon Hooker for that game. But Spencer Rattler was electric. Six. I think another year in this offense is going to help him, and he could move up by the end of the year. Yeah, no, I agree. Six of his 18 season touchdowns came against Tennessee. One third of his touchdowns on the year came in that uh, game against Tennessee. So, yes, if he can continue what we saw against Tennessee, what we saw against Clemson, then I think he can absolutely move up that list. So that'll be interesting going forward throughout the season um, as you continue to go up the list 92 Riley Leonard the quarterback from Duke a lot of people don't know about this kid but he is talented he's a junior this year 
3,400 total yards, 33 touchdowns last season. So leading Duke, hopefully to a repeat of the success that they enjoyed last season. You continue up into the 80s, you find another quarterback, Will Howard, the quarterback from Kansas State at 87. He's a senior this year after leading Kansas State to a Big 12 championship game appearance last season. And then another one that I wanted to hit on right ahead of him at 86 is wide receiver Keon Coleman. He is now with Florida State after transferring from Michigan State. He's a junior, but, man, he had 800 yards and seven touchdowns in a shaky Michigan State offense last year. What do you think we could maybe see from him in this Florida State offense with Jordan Travis throwing to him this year? I mean, you said it. Quarterback Jordan Travis is going to be able to deliver the ball to him. Uh, He does have – some other wide receiver competition in that wide receiver room at Florida State, but he should see plenty of time on the field. And uh, he's a big play receiver. He's big bodied, and he definitely has the ability to do some big things for a Florida State team that's looking to reach the playoffs this year. Yeah, they've got big expectations in Tallahassee for this upcoming year, so it'll be interesting to follow that offense and wide receiver Keon Coleman in this season as you move up into the 80s this is where you kind of start to see some of these defensive guys get some love and there's three right here in the mid to low 80s that I wanted to throw at you JT Tui Malowal the defensive lineman from Ohio State wreaked havoc for them at times last year you scroll up a little bit Jalen Catalan the safety for Texas at 83 and then Abdul Carter a lot of people don't know this name but they will find out that this linebacker from Penn State only a sophomore like a lot of players on that Penn State roster, but six and a half sacks his freshman year. I think he's going to be good for the Nittany Lions this upcoming season. Any of those defensive guys stand out? Yeah, Carter's a sack machine. He's got a very high motor, and he's got a quick first step on him, which uh, is really hard to do uh, when he's coming in with the blitz. So he's somebody that can wreak havoc in the Big Ten where you're expecting a Michigan or Ohio State to come out. That's one guy that, you know, when you're game planning against the Penn State team, you really need to look out for where he's going to wreak havoc on offenses this year in the Big Ten. I have to agree with you. I think that that's a name that we could see creep up the board um, in this top 100 players throughout the season. Another name that I've got a lot of intrigue in as you move closer into that top 80 is actually sitting at number 79 right now. I'm talking about Mason Smith, the defensive tackle for LSU. Now, he was a freshman last season. And if you don't know his name, that's okay because he actually got injured last season and was out for the majority of the uh, the season after getting injured in that game against Florida State. But this kid is the real deal. Like, he is going to be a stud. He could very well end up in the top 10 of this list by the end of the year. If you don't know the name Mason Smith, you should start familiarizing yourself with him because he is a stud, right? Oh, yeah. And another offseason under his belt, another fall camp. Uh, is just going to make him that much better. He's going to be the anchor of this defensive line group for LSU, and you can look for him to do big things this year. Yeah, a lot of a lot of young talent on that LSU team. We saw them obviously playing Georgia in the SEC championship game last year. But moving up the board a little bit, I want you to scroll up and tell me if there's a quarterback that you see in the mid-70s that that could either fall completely off this list or could jump to the top by the end of the season. Yeah, I think you can't be talking about anybody other than Tennessee's senior quarterback, Joe Milton. Uh, He came in for an injured Tennessee quarterback last year in Hendon Hooker, and he looked good. He was the MVP of the Orange Bowl when the Volunteers beat Clemson 
last year. He's a big bodied. He's more of your typical uh, pocket presence type quarterback. He's got a really strong arm and he had no interceptions a year ago on 10 touchdown passes. So you look for him in that, in that electric high tempo Tennessee offense to do big things. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about arm strength, like this cat is no doubt top three in college as far as arm strength goes, if not number one. But I think if you put him in the NFL right now, like this guy's probably got a top five arm in the NFL. Like 80 yards, just a flick of the wrist, 80 yards down the field. The question for Joe Milton is going to be, can you dial that back a little bit? Can you put some touch on passes to where you just barely – barely over the linebacker's head, but underneath the safety where only your guy can get it. Can you make those kind of throws where you got to kind of be a little bit more accurate, put some touch on the ball, take a little bit off of it sometimes. So that'll be the question for Joe Milton heading into this season. And if if he can do it, I mean, we've seen this Tennessee offense with Hendon Hooker last year. If he can do it, that that unit's going to be scary. So um, let's go ahead and keep going. I want to move up into the top 70 and sitting at number 70 is a very intriguing prospect, a guy that's got a new team this year, only a sophomore, but I think he can make a huge, huge leap up this top 100 by the end of the season. Who am I talking about? You're talking about the number one athlete in his recruiting class, Travis Hunter, now playing Ooh. for Colorado and deep Coach Deion Sanders. Um, Boy, is nice. I, I, I just have a lot of question marks. I don't really love him at number 70 just because we don't know what he's going to do in a Power 5 program. And that Power 5 program itself, we're not even expecting to be all that good in Colorado. I mean, I think we said we, it was maybe a four-win team. Uh, he's definitely going to be the highlight for them, but I just have big question marks. Obviously, he had the ability, he had the offers to go to Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, wherever he wanted to in the country. Uh, before choosing Jackson State out of high school. But I just I don't know how much his talent will be able to be showcased in a not-so-great Colorado team. I hear you. I mean, this is the thing, right? Like, if you're Dion, if you're that that coaching staff, you're trying to get the most out of this kid, right? He's going to – I think if it's, if it's me personally, he's going to start at corner – every game and get every possible snap at DB because from what I've seen just from their social media and from plays that he's made in high school and seven on sevens and even last year at Jackson State he is locked down it's an island an island you just can't throw over there because his playmaking ability his instincts he is just going to make it really tough for you to get completion so I'm keeping him at corner all season long, but then I feel like you gotta you gotta put some stuff in the offense for him, right? Like he's just such a dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands that I think you gotta whether it's a jet sweep or a bubble screen or something like that, you gotta find ways to get this guy more touches on offense. You gotta kind of obviously be aware of how much you're playing him because he is a slider build kind of guy. But I think I think really the ceiling for this guy is extremely high extremely high so it'll be interesting to watch him and obviously that entire Colorado program in the 2023 season let's move into the top 70 there's a lot of guys in this kind of 60 to 70 range that are pretty good athletes that could definitely move up you want to go offense or defense here you feeling an offensive uh run or a defensive run like you said I think it could go either way I think 
the offense is just a little bit more intriguing to me if we want to go that route. Okay. Um, I would start it off with uh, Florida State's running back, Trey Benson. He's a junior coming into the year, almost eclipsed 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns a year ago. Uh, he's a big receiving threat out of the backfield, and this is a Florida State team that – with what they're going to be able to do through the air on offense to be able to have that rushing attack to keep defenses true and the play action that's going to go through that, they're going to be able to want to set up that play action, which means that you got to rely on your running backs to be an actual threat, and Trey Benson's that guy. Um, sticking with the running back position, we can just go right to number 68. One spot in front of him is a Penn State running back that might not even Ooh. be the best running back on his team. They've got two sophomores that are in this top 100 players. The first one we'll mention is Catron Allen. As the second option last year in that Penn State rushing attack, almost 900 yards, 10 touchdowns as a freshman. We'll, we'll get to Nick Singleton. This, this Penn State running back room is loaded. This is like the Dallas Cowboys last year having Ezekiel Elliott and then Tony Pollard coming off the bench. To yeah. That's exactly what Catron Allen's all about, and he does it very well. He absolutely does, and there's more offensive playmakers in the top 60, 70 players here. Anaya Smith, the receiver from Texas A&M, electric when he gets the ball in his hands. The interesting thing is going to be what can Bobby Petrino do as offensive coordinator? Jimbo Fisher has finally kind of relinquished control of the offense, so it'll be interesting to see what Petrino can do. He's had success at other programs, but what can he do in his first year there at Texas A&M? Can he get Anaya Smith the ball uh, enough? And Anaya Smith is one of those Swiss Army guys for Texas A&M. He's listed as a receiver, but he also uh, gets plenty of touches running the ball as well, a couple handoffs. And he also returns the kicks and the punts for that Texas A&M special teams. So he's really kind of a do-it-all kind of guy for that Aggies offense. Continuing up the list, I, I see another wide receiver that sticks out at number 61, and he sticks out because he's big. I'm talking about Johnny Wilson, the wide receiver from Florida State. He's a junior this year, six foot seven, a matchup nightmare on the outside. Going to be a great target for Jordan Travis. We've already touched on a couple other pieces in that offense, but Johnny Wilson's he's going to be able to make some plays. There's other receivers in that in that room that are really good as well. But but Wilson just sticks out because of his sheer size. Yeah, this is a thousand yard receiver type of guy, and in a revitalized FSU team that's only getting better and better each year. I mean, I would easily look for him to have a thousand yards, six, seven touchdowns this season. Let's go ahead and continue moving up the list. I see some other names that stick out just outside of the top 50. I'm talking about one of the best corners in the nation at 55, 55. I'm high on this Will Johnson kid from Michigan. He's only a sophomore. So 55, it's a little tough for me because from what I saw from him, three picks last year, I um, mean, he, he was pretty much locked down on the outside for Michigan. I, I think I think I might slide him up just a little bit just because he's a sophomore. Yeah, I mean, this guy is electric. He had eight tackles in that Ohio State game alone. Um, he is probably one of the one of the key contributors to that Michigan secondary that's coming back this year. And uh, I, I think that the three interceptions that he had last year is only a starting point for him this year, and he could go a lot higher. I think so, too. I think as you as you continue to move up here, we start to see some more quarterbacks. 
right, we see some quarterbacks, and obviously that's the most important position in football, right? If you got a good quarterback, most of the time that can make up for some other deficiencies in your team. At number 53, we see Grayson McCall, the quarterback for Coastal Carolina. We've already touched on his name in a previous podcast this offseason. He's going to be a junior this year. Like we said, had some offers to go play some other places, but McCall projects to be a really good quarterback at the next level. So obviously he's going to be a solid quarterback at the college level. I mean, just talk about the potential for this guy. Obviously not a power five program, but at Coastal, he's already put up some stats through his first two years. Yeah, he's a three-time Sunbelt player of the year, and this guy is efficient. I mean, he is making the right reads. He is a very accurate thrower. Um, he's a gym at the number 53 spot, honestly. I, I think he could probably rank a lot higher. He had almost 3,000 yards last year, 24 touchdowns. This guy is only going to get better, and he's in the right place to do so. The only thing that I have a little bit of a question mark is, is they do get a, a new offense under coach Tim Beck. I want to see what he's able to do in that new offense. You know, obviously a couple of things are going to change. How much will stay the same? How is he comfortable in this new offense? It's a big question for me. All right. Lead us into the top 50. Go ahead and walk us through this list. I mean, the, the names just popping off the board. We could talk about every single one of these guys. We, we won't. <laughs> We won't. We'll save you the time. Um, but there are a lot of good names in here and guys that are going to have huge impacts on their teams and on this college football season. So lead us into this top 50. Yeah, I think you got to start at number 50. You got Ohio State senior running back Mayon Williams. Um, this guy, Ohio State was a little bit of a running back by committee last year due to some injuries and uh, what have you, but he gets 800 yards and 14 touchdowns for the Buckeyes a season ago. And um, he eclipsed the 100-yard mark four times last season. I think he's in for a little bit bigger role. Uh, it's still going to be a very stacked backfield for Ohio State, so right. he's not going to be demanding all the touches, but he has a very high upside. Yeah, I agree. You touched on it. It's, it's obviously going to be a running back by committee approach for Ohio State. They've got lots of talent in that backfield. We haven't even touched on Travion Henderson. I'm assuming he's higher up on this list. So it really just comes down to how much of an impact can you make with 10 to 15 carries a game? You know, I think obviously that probably helps his efficiency as far as yards per carry and explosive plays, not having to be the guy to just carry all of that load. So that'll be interesting for him. But yeah, there's just a, there's a ton of talent in that Ohio state backfield this year. So um, it's just going to be a matter of how many, how many times can he actually touch the ball considering might not even be the, the, the best running back in that room. So that'll be interesting. Um, so I'm going to jump a little bit ahead into the early 40s and hit at number 44, Jalen Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas. I mean, they had such a Cinderella story to start the season last year, and it started through Daniels, who went for over 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns. He's a dual-threat quarterback, getting over 400 yards on the ground last year with seven touchdowns on the ground. I mean, talk a little bit more about this guy. He has the potential to do something pretty big for this Kansas team, does he not? Yeah, he, I mean, they started the season hot, bro. Like, if you remember, they were 5-0. and They were 5-0 and heading into that TCU game. And we were all like, holy crap, how, how is Kansas TCU, like, the number one game on the docket this week? Like, that was the number one and game that's that we the were game, talking about. And that's the game where Jalen Daniels gets hurt and right. is – 
that's kind of what turned the Kansas season around. So if yeah. that doesn't happen, I mean, who knows the outlook for this guy? Absolutely. I mean, he people were talking about him as a Heisman candidate through those first five weeks. So I think the ceiling is very high for this guy. Like you said, 18 touchdowns and only nine games that he played in. So um, the completion percentage was always good, which is a, a good sign. Limited the turnovers. Great sign. His legs are a problem. Seven touchdowns on the ground. So that that was obviously a plus as well. So I think this is a guy that could definitely, as a junior, make a leap up this board. The only problem is it's like it, it's Kansas. You know, there's still not a ton of talent around him. So right, it might right. might be a one man show for a little while there. But that 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 kind of gets Heisman voters excited when you're when you're putting the team on your back. We saw that last year with Max Duggan. Obviously, he had a little bit more talent around him, but he kind of put the cape on every week and, and led his team back. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to follow Jalen Daniels throughout the season with Kansas. I think ESPN is doing a little bit of foreshadowing with this top 100 list. Call me a little biased, but Georgia goes back to back to back three times in a row from number Ooh. 42 to number 40. Uh, starting at 42, they have the senior center, Cedric Von Prong Granger. Number 41, linebacker, Smile Mondin. Number 40, the sophomore defensive back, Malachi Starks. I mean, we could talk at nauseum about these guys. Uh, what's something that stands out to you about these three players? Yeah, I just I like that I like that Small Munden's getting credit. Uh, I think with him obviously being the number two most of the time behind Jamon Dumas Johnson and that inside linebacker core for Georgia, he doesn't get recognized as much as JDJ. So I, it's good to see him get the recognition. I think Cedric Von Prong Granger, SVPG, came back for another year, could have definitely left for the NFL last season, decided to come back. I think he's the best center in college football. He was so, a, mean, a first, second-round draft pick last year. And, I mean, I know that centers don't usually get drafted very high, but SVP is one of those guys that is going to be a very high draft pick, even if he went last year. So, yeah, another another season to just get that much better is really helping anchor that offensive line for the Bulldogs. Malachi Starks, I mean, at 40 as a sophomore – I talked about it's hard to put these sophomores that high because you you really haven't seen a ton from them. But we did last year. I mean, he he played all 15 games, started in all 15 games, played the most snaps out of anybody on the defense as a freshman, had two interceptions, a bunch of pass breakups, just a, a, an incredible athlete um, and great to have somebody, even though he's still young, somebody that has so much experience already in that back end for Kirby Smart. Let's continue to climb the rankings, man. There's a quarterback sitting here, a guy that you like, 39. What do you think about man. this cat from Michigan, man? He's going to be a junior this year. All eyes are on it's JJ. JJ McCarthy. Yeah. I mean, this guy, is. It, it's so crazy because you talk about starting the season a year ago, and he's probably not even on this list. He's probably not ranked. JJ McCarthy has come out. He's proven that he can do it with his legs. He's proven that he could be an accurate quarterback and make the right reads and the right decisions for this Michigan offense. And he's led them to back-to-back -back Big Ten championships and college football playoff appearances. Yeah, I think he definitely does. I think we could potentially see him in New York City for the Heisman Trophy ceremony uh, there at the end of the season. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on J.J. throughout the season. Let's go ahead. We got to speed this up a little bit. Let's start flying through the 30s, get into this top 25. A guy I like at 35, Jerzon Newton, 
Defensive lineman for Illinois could be one of the first defensive linemen off the board in the NFL draft this upcoming season. He is one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. You should know that name at 33. Hit on the name already, but Travion Henderson, the running back for Ohio State, he'll be the number one guy in that backfield. Obviously, it'll be by committee a little bit, but he's a extremely talented running back for Ohio State. In the top 30, at 30, quarterback for Arkansas, K.J. Jefferson. He's a senior, returning again, very dynamic on the ground, has a rocket arm. Should be interesting to watch him in that Razorback offense this season as well. Yeah, he's one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks that you're going to get. Can he stay healthy is a big question, but if he does, that Razorback offense is going to be elevated to another level. Absolutely. At 29, Nick Singleton. We touched on his running back field mate already, but the sophomore is back again for Penn State. Over 1,000 yards last season, 12 touchdowns in that Penn State offense. He's electric, man. I don't I don't know what to say. One of the best running backs in the country already as a sophomore. It'll be it'll be exciting to watch Nick Singleton throughout the season. At 28, one of the best pass rushers in the country, outside linebacker for Alabama, Dallas Turner. You should know that name. Had four sacks last year. Obviously, with the departure of Will Anderson, they're going to be expecting him to step up. And I think he can, man. I think he's going to be one of the best edge rusher, edge rushers in the country this season. Would you agree? Yeah, this guy is freaking fast, man. If you blink, he's going to be around you if you're an offensive lineman, a tight end. Uh, he's got speed. He's got quick hands. His first step is is powerful, and he is going to be a menace for SEC quarterbacks. Into the top 25 players in college football. At 25, quarterback for Notre Dame. We've said his name already on the podcast this offseason. Sam Hartman. He's a senior. 38 touchdowns last year, 3,700 yards. It's going to be tough. We've already gone over their schedule. They've got some tough games, but Sam Hartman is is no doubt going to be the the very uh, very integral part of that offense for, for second-year head coach Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame. Yeah, last year he was more in, a, in an option-based offense, so transferring to Notre Dame where they're more of a traditional-style offense is something to look out for. How does his accuracy and his production progress or regress, depending on uh, how he thrives in that system, is going to be a big thing to look out for. Number 23, quarterback that I'm really high on this year. He's a senior out of Utah, Cameron Rising. He was a Pac-12 champion a season ago. He made some huge plays, over 3,000 yards passing, 26 touchdowns. I mean, what else do you have to say about this guy? Yeah, I mean, two straight Pac-12 championships. I feel like he's been there for like eight years. I don't know why, but Cam Rising felt like he's been the quarterback at Utah for for a century now. Um, but, yeah, he, he's one of the best in the country, and, you know, we'll get to see him against that good Florida defense early in the season. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to follow him and the Utes throughout the season. Best little Fu Manchu in the country, too. Shout <laughs> out to Cam Rising's facial hair. It looks like Zorro. <laughs> At 22, you got running back Quinshawn Judkins, one of the best running backs in the country last year as a freshman for Ole Miss, coming back for his sophomore year, 16 touchdowns. Very physical, tough guy. He's part of another one of those running back by committees. Obviously, he's the number one guy. Um, But this is an Ole Miss offense that can definitely score points very quickly, and he's going to get a ton of goal line touches this year. 
Yeah, I think he could be the best running back in the country this year. I think the guy that's got the best chance to challenge him for that is another SEC running back. Coming in at number 18, Raheem Rocket Sanders, running back for Arkansas. He's a junior, 1,400 yards, 10 touchdowns last season. The main piece in that Arkansas offense. It's going to be exciting to watch him uh, kind of just, just take over for this Arkansas rushing attack this year. Rocket man. Hmm. Yeah, this guy is a dual threat running back too. He can catch out of the backfield very well, having over uh, 250 receiving yards last year. You touched on the 1,400 yards from scrimmage rushing the ball. He is probably the best running back in the country, if you had to ask me. I think so too. And so, therefore, I think a couple of guys are ranked a little too high here at 17, Donovan Edwards. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. He's a great running back not even the best running back on his team, and I don't think he's the best running back in the country. I'm putting him behind Rocket Sanders. I think Donovan Edwards at 17 is too high. I also think at 15, Jaden Daniels, the quarterback for LSU, I think there's probably two or three other quarterbacks that we've already named that I might like better than him. Like We saw the SEC championship game. He might not even be the best quarterback on this team. I mean, Don't get me wrong. I like the cat. He looked good at times early in the season with his legs. We asked, could he do it with his arm? He did that a few times, but I think 15 is a little too high for Jaden Daniels. I'm not going to get into it too much when we wrap this up. I'm going to give you my final thoughts, and Jaden Daniels is included on that. So I'm going to skip the analysis of Jaden Daniels. Go to the next quarterback on the list, Bo Nix. He was a Heisman sleeper for the first couple games last season. He's a senior quarterback. Feels like he's been in the league for forever uh, over there in Oregon. His change of scenery is something that was refreshing for him last year. 3,500 yards, 29 touchdowns on only seven interceptions. This guy is looking very good this season. Yeah, when you start getting into like the top 10, top 15, all of these guys are good. Like All of these guys are studs. You probably know all of their names. You've heard them already. But uh, So it's hard to separate them, really. But when you get into the top 10, at number 10, Michael Williams, edge rusher for Georgia, only a sophomore. Another edge rusher stud. right ahead of him. Stud. Stud. Another edge rusher, though, right in front of him. Defensive lineman from Florida State, Jared Verse. I mean, this cat is this cat's going to do some things for the Knowles this year. He's a bad man coming off the edge. Stud. Yeah, man, this guy's ridiculous. Um, 31 quarterback pressures last season. Uh, he ranked fourth amongst FBS defensive linemen for that pressure rate. Um, he is one of those guys that you just look to stay healthy. And if he can, he is going to probably be the best defensive lineman in the country. If not at the very least, the ACC. Yeah. And then right in front of him at number eight is one of his teammates, quarterback, Jordan Travis of Florida state, a senior this year, expecting a lot of things out of him in Tallahassee this year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest storylines this season is what can Jordan Travis do with this FSU team can they get him back onto the national map and maybe a spot in college football playoff a couple more offensive players to go here at number seven running back Blake Corum for Michigan talked about him in one of the last podcasts a senior this year 18 touchdowns almost 1500 rushing yards last year he was in the Heisman conversation before he got banged up this cat is going to be a problem for some big 10 defenses this upcoming year Yes, yeah, this guy's just ridiculous. Every time he touches the ball, something great happens, it seems like. Uh, he's the one that's probably going to be challenging Raheem Sanders that we previously 
mention for the best running back in the country. And the only difference between the two, I believe, is that Blake Corum has some absolute studs on the offensive line. They're going to be opening up huge holes for him. He's also a little bit of a receiving threat. Um, and he rushed for over 100 yards eight times last season. I mean, that's incredible in itself. All right, so let's get into the top five players in college football for the 2023 season. Got some big-time names up here. You probably already know all these. We'll mention them a few more times throughout the season, so we don't have to don't have to get in deep on these guys. But at number five, you have Drake May, the quarterback for North Carolina, only a sophomore, 38 touchdown passes last season, over 4,000 passing yards. Probably going to be a Heisman candidate throughout the season this year. Just big big things in store for Mr. May. He's a stud at the quarterback. Yeah, this guy has an incredible arm talent for that Tar Heels offense. Um, they're bringing back a, a lot of his weapons that he played with a year ago. Um, so we're looking for this guy. Like I said, we're not going to touch too much on him, but we're looking for him to do big things. Yeah, and then at number four, right ahead of him, another sophomore. We're talking about these young guys being ranked high. But I think this guy deserves it. I'm talking about Harold Perkins Jr., linebacker for the LSU Tigers, only a sophomore, as I said. But last year, eight and a half sacks, three forced fumbles, an interception, just a menace coming off the edge. Quarterbacks having nightmares all across the SEC West this year. And this guy's only a sophomore. He is yeah. only now starting to hone in his game and what he likes to do putting his touch on this defense, and he can only get better from here. This guy is going to be a nightmare. Yeah, still very raw, but but lots of potential, obviously, for Mr. Perkins. As you move into the top three, these guys, I mean, it's hard to, hard to rank these guys because they're all just 99 overall elite guys. At number three, they've got Marvin Harrison Jr., wide receiver for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He gets it from his dad, right? Like, this guy is just a stud. He's four or five inches taller than his dad. As a sophomore last year, 14 touchdowns over 1,200 receiving yards. Just absolutely unguardable. We saw that in the college football playoff. This guy's a, a problem, a problem for Big Ten defenses all season long. Yeah, he goes out in that playoff game a season ago. Uh, we could debate all day whether or not he'd make a difference in the outcome of that game. But he is definitely the number one weapon for whoever is going to be that Ohio State quarterback, and he is going to light it up. I'm talking 10-plus touchdowns for a third season in a row. This guy is a stud. Yeah, going to be coming the... in at number two. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say he's going to be probably the first receiver taken in the draft next year, uh, likely a top-10 guy with just just tremendous upside. Coming in at number two is Georgia's junior tight end, Brock Bowers. I mean, this guy is the number one option yeah. in that Georgia offense. He is uh, a ridiculous pass catcher. He had uh, 790 receiving yards a year ago on nine touchdowns. He's mm. the big man on campus. He's a physical blocker as well. Um, he, he takes the balls on handoffs, 24 touchdowns in his first two seasons as Georgia's number one tight end. Sheesh. I mean, just, just unguardable. You put a linebacker on him, he's going to run past him. You put a DB on him, he's going to high point the ball and, and just muscle it. it. 
is just hand it to him on a on an end around and he's going to score. He's got four rushing touchdowns in his career. The guy is just a matchup problem. The number one target for Brock uh for Carson Beck, I should say, in the Georgia offense this upcoming season. It, I mean, it, it's unthinkable to even say it, but like if he if he puts up a thousand plus yards and and ten plus touchdowns and is just clearly the best player on another great Georgia team this guy's going to get some Heisman votes. He may not win it. It's a quarterback award. We know that. But this guy's going to get some Heisman votes because he is just just a nightmare for for defensive coordinators. They're they're up all night the night before having having uh bad dreams about Mr. Brock Bowers. He's a bad man. And then you have the number 1 player in ESPN's top 100 college football players entering the 2023 season. It is none other than the raise then the reigning Heisman winner, Mr. Caleb Williams, the quarterback yep. out of USC. Yep, bad man. Like you said, won the Heisman trophy last year. He's looking for some maybe some more team success from him this year. We've we've got the individual awards now. Um, we could talk all all podcast long about how good this cat is. Elite arm strength, elite accuracy. Um very athletic as well, can escape the pocket and make plays with his legs. We saw that a few times last year. If he can get some help from the defense, he might be able to make a college football playoff run because he's just that talented. He'll be the number one quarterback more than likely in next year's draft. So uh, big things in store for Mr. Caleb Williams. He's 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 that guy. The only way he can get better is if he quits painting his fingernails. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Utah fans would love that as well. So that's our top. Other... That's our top 100, right? Like that. That's the top 100 college football players for this upcoming year. You, um, got any questions about this? Like, where did they mess up? How many of these did they get right? Yeah, I got one guy that got snubbed, man, and it. I think it's ridiculous. They had to have just forgotten that he's a player because he's easily a top 100 guy here. Uh, some of his teammates were listed ahead of him, which I think he is much better than. And I know I'm a Georgia fan, and I'm going to come off as a Georgia fan. Yeah. But safety Javon Bullard, he single-handedly won the college football playoff game. Yeah, you're State right. For the dogs. I mean, this guy's a stud. He is incredible in press protection, and not to mention, he comes off the line in a blitzing package and has multiple sacks on the season as well. I mean, that's something that we're not seeing out of these other Georgia DBs such as Malachi Starks, and I love Mr. Starks. But I think Javon Bullard's better. I don't know how he doesn't make this top 100. And if I had one more griper complaint about this list, we got to go back to Mr. Cam Rising at number 23. I think it's a little bit disrespectful about the quarterbacks that they took ahead of him. I understand Caleb Williams. I understand Drake May, Michael Penix Jr., and probably Jordan Travis. I'll agree that I'll take – those quarterbacks over him right but are you taking are you taking Bo Nix and Jaden Daniels over Cam Rising it's tough like the thing is with with Cam like the floor is solid it's made of cement it's built in you know what you're gonna get but where's the ceiling for this guy you know the, the statistical numbers are not not crazy he gets the job done he wins games and really in a quarterback that's what you're looking for if you're the head coach but I think I think the the ceiling with a Bo Nix, even though you know we've probably seen it by now, he's been there for six years. It feels like 
the ceiling for for some of those other guys is a little bit higher. So, um, you know, Jaden Daniels, obviously, I think his ceiling might be a little bit higher as well. So I think that's probably the problem with with Cam. I think I think the floor is solid, man, but it's like, you know, are you are you going to get 300 yards and five touchdowns often? I don't think you you, you are. I've got to disagree with you, man. I'm, yeah, so a season ago, you can clip it. I called Cam Rising a Walmart great value brand of uh, Josh Allen. But this guy, I think his ceiling is a little bit lesser version of Josh Allen. And you tell me how many people aren't going to take Josh Allen as the number two quarterback in fantasy football this year. He is rightfully deserving so. And I think Cam Rising, the problem with Cam Rising is, is he's not in an Oregon offense. He's not in an LSU right. or a Florida State, Washington, yeah. uh, USC offense. They're going two tight it, ends, running the ball. Right. Yeah. I think if you put him in those offenses, I would easily take him over Jaden Daniels and Bo Nix. I think, I think I would easily put him into the top 15 because he'll have more of an opportunity to show what he's made of. Let's not talk about how he beat Caleb Williams in USC and he beat Florida last year. I mean, this, this is a Utah team that's very good and it starts with Mr. Cam Rising. But enough of that. Do you have any gripes, complaints? Uh, do you uh, really like where somebody's at? Do you think somebody got snubbed? Um, I think they did. I think they did all right overall. I mean, it's ESPN, so you're going to get what you're going to get. For the most part, they're kind of – they're kind of kind of a sheep, you know. You just go along with with what everybody else tells you. I think you know. I want to go back to the running backs. I told you, I think I think Rocket Sanders is the best running back in the country. So to have two running backs ahead of him, I think that's tough. I just think, I think he has the best season as a running back. Don't get me wrong, Blake Corum's good. The other running back, Edwards both being is good. Michigan running backs. Yeah, too. I just a lot of Michigan love. I they've got a good offensive line, so they'll have great seasons. I think Rocket Sanders and Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss are probably better than both of those guys as far as talent-wise. So um, I would move them up and maybe slide those Michigan running backs down a little bit. But uh, quality list, quality list overall. I think when you're going to do a top 100 players list, you got to take the player out of the team and evaluate them as if they had any other team. I don't think that you can say, well, this person's the number five you know, player and I'm not – you know, talking about Drake May, but you can't say this person is this good because of the team he's on. I think you have right. to be able to evaluate him as just pure skill set. Um, yeah. But enough of that. That was a lot of fun. Um, there are plenty of other players Ooh. that are going to you know, be able to to move around on this list as we yep. talked about it throughout the year. It's a lot of fun, man. And where can yeah. people find us? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Saturday Six Pod. Give us a follow. Give us a rating. Please turn on those notifications wherever you're listening to your podcast. This is another episode of the Saturday Six Podcast with Tyler. I'm AJ. Peace.